We serve a good God. We serve an awesome God. Come on, we serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Why don't you turn your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Glory to God. We're talking about faith in the name of Jesus. Come on, faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. We're talking about the fact that the Almighty God and His name are one. Amen? And His name can do anything He can do. Let me say it again. His name can do anything that He can do. See, we can't separate God or Jesus, amen, from His name. Because if you think about it, we can't separate you from your name. Say it again. We can't separate you from your name. For example, if someone says, Promise, who is my daughter? And they say her name, Promise. Unless you identify someone different, her face is going to come before my eyes. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because why? Because that's promise. That's not a woman in her name. That's her what? Name. Somebody say, that's her name. Now, people in the Western world, what we do, we just put names on people just to have something to call them by. Amen? So we search around in a little book, and we find out what cute names are in it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And what not-so-cute names are in it. Amen? See, people come up with so all kind of strange ways of finding names for their children. Come on, say amen, somebody. A TV commercial will come on, and they hear something catchy and say, that's a good name. Come on. So I'm going to call her Surreal. Surreal's a good name, which is another word for cereal. But they looked at it as surreal. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, we're really the only people that don't pay attention to names. Are you following me out here? So you have certain cultures that won't name a child until they see the nature of that child. Especially the Indian tribes. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on. They understand that what you call someone continually is what they were nature like. Are you with me out here? Come on, that's in the Bible, folks. Nobody wants Ichabob on your name. Because why? You'll be cursed with that name. Amen? And people are calling you what? Stupid every day of your life, and you believe it. And until you break the curse, you're going to end up being what? Stupid. Why? Because that's what they called you. Hello? See, I don't answer to poor boy. Matter of fact, you won't catch me in a poor boy restaurant. Come on, why? Because I'm not Paul. Amen. Amen. See, this is a revelation we must spend time meditating on, folks. We need to think about the time when you called your what you called your child was very, very important. Are you with me out here? Why? Listen, names are very important in the spiritual realm. Let me say it again. Names are very important. Where? 
in the spiritual realm. Listen, the most powerful part of life is in the unseen realm, folks. I want to show you that, but let's look at Proverbs 18.10. We'll, we'll look at that in, in a minute. It says, the name of the Lord, which is yad heh is a what? Is a what? Strong tower. The righteous run into it and is what? Is safe. So the name of the Lord is just not a name. It's a, na- it's a tower, folks. It's a tower that we run. We run into, and when we run into that tower, we are what? We are what? Safe. Because the name is a what? It's a tower. It's a place of protection. It's a place of security. Well, we know this, this, this scripture is actually referring to Psalms 91.1. Turn there. We know the scripture. He that what? Dwelleth in the what? Secret place of the what? Most high shall what? Abide under the what? Shadow of the Almighty. When I'm in that name, I'm in that what? And I'm abiding in the shadow of the Almighty, folks. Nothing can get to me when I'm in that name. Because why? It's a tower. Where the righteous run into and are what? Safe. It's my secret place. Are you with me out there? See, it's not enough just to call God God. Matter of fact, the word God came out of a German theology, amen. Then it came down through our translations, amen, to where we just call God, God all the time. But that's not good enough because why? Because God has names. Let me say it again. God has names. Think about his name, Rapha. Rapha the what? Healer. For healing to have passed away, he would have to have changed his name. Come on, are you with me out here? That's not going to happen because why? You can't change God and you can't change his name. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. You can't change God and you can't change his what? Name. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Once again, I said the most powerful things are in the unseen, not the seen. Let me say it again. The most powerful things are in the, in the, what? In the unseen, not the seen. Understand this. This natural physical world is the lowest form of manifestation and creation of God. Let me say it again. This natural physical world is the lowest form of manifestation and creation of God. Look at verse 1 in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, now faith... Is the what? Is the substance of what? Things hoped for and the evidence of what? Things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a what? Good report. Then it says through what? Through faith we what? Understand that the worlds were what? Framed by the what? By the word of God so that things which are seen... Things which are what? Seen were not made of things which do what? Appear or things that are visible. Now someone said one time, oh, God is so great. He's such a wonderful God that he created all things and he created this world, this world out of nothing. And guess what? That's not true. Because it is nothing. Come on, say amen, somebody. He created it out of a force. Why? Say, man, he created it out of a force that you just can't see. Are you with me out here? Why? See, faith 
is a substance. I'm say it again. Faith is a what? Substance. The faith is what? It's a force that you just can't see. Somebody say faith is a substance. It's a force you can't see. And see, there's greatness in the name of Jesus. There's greatness in the name of Jesus. Last week, we talked about the fact that, listen, his name can do anything that he can do because of the presence. Because of the what? Presence. See, you can't see him, but the presence is in his name. The presence where? In his name. See, the name is just not something you call him by. Go to John 17, 12. You can't see him, but his presence is where? And his what? And his what? Name. Once again, the name is not just something you just call him by. Notice what he says in John 17, 12. He says, well, I was with them in the world. I kept them in thy name. But you always got to go back to the tower when you, when you read things like this. I kept them where? In thy name name see if I go back to the tower it gives me a tangible place I kept them where in thy name listen he wasn't just saying I prayed for them and I use your name to pray no he said I what I kept them in it I kept them in your name I kept them inside the what I kept them inside the what somebody say tower because this side got it y'all over here I don't know what y'all doing over here I kept them inside the what? I kept them inside the what? The tower. So everywhere Jesus went, the presence was there. Matter of fact, go to Luke chapter 10, verse 8. When Jesus sent out the 70, what did he tell them? Jesus chapter, chapter no, Luke chapter 10, verse 8. I say, Jesus, is that a book? Okay, amen. Luke 10, 8. It says, in whatsoever city you enter, that's what he told them, they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. Then he told them to what? Heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them what? The kingdom of God is nigh unto you. And when they came back, they came back so excited about what they seen and what they witnessed that in verse 17 it says what? And the 70 returned again with what? Joy saying what? Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy what? Through thy what? Through thy what? Name. See, they didn't have that authority except what he had delegated to them. But it was, his, it was his what? It was his name. That name that's above every name that is named, the awesome power is in the what? It's in the what? Name. Listen, that power is so awesome. Sometimes it's hard for our human minds to even go there. And see, some of us think, and we used to think that, we think the greatest expression of power and glory in his name was when he created the heavens and the earth. But that wasn't the greatest manifestation of his power. Amen? Why? Because that was easy for God. Tell your neighbor, that was easy for God. Why? Because he had no opposition. There was nothing or no one arrayed against him. All he had to do was just speak and it came to pass. Are you with me out here? But the greatest expression of power was when God raised Jesus out of hell. 
Why was that? Because everyone was arrayed against him. All of hell was arrayed against him. His own people was arrayed against him. Come on, say amen, somebody. And besides that, no one had ever gotten out of hell before. See, this took massive faith. Somebody say massive faith. Was this really going to work? Nobody had ever gotten out of there, and Satan had the right to rule there. But guess what? That rule didn't last long. But what did it? It was the name. It was the what? Name. It was, listen, it was the name that did it. It was the name that split hell right and open. The name split hell open. Somebody say the name. See, we're talking about the greatness of the name of what? Jesus. The name can do, listen, the name can do anything Jesus can do, and a name can do anything God can do. But listen to me. But to develop that name or have developed or develop faith in that name, you have to have that and, and notice and to know the sense of power that's in that name, you have to have a measurement. Somebody say a measurement. Let me say it again. To develop faith in that name and have a sense of of the greatness or the great power that's in that name, you have to have or be able, you have to be able to measure it. Somebody say measure it. You have to be be able to do what? Measure it. You have to be able to measure a name. See, there are some people, their names don't have any strength in it. Now, they're good people. Come on. Their name is good. But they don't have the assets for it to carry any heavy weight. Are you following me out here? For example, if Bill Gates' son went to the bank, you know how children are. I want to be my own man. I don't want to get something just because my daddy is Bill Gates. That's how children are. Come on, say amen, somebody. Well, if he goes to the bank... He sits down with the banker to buy a car. The banker's going to look at what assets are you going to put up against this loan. Am I right or wrong? Just in case what? If you don't pay, we can get something of the same value in return for our money that we're giving you. So the banker looks over this boy's portfolio and says, well, son, I'm sorry to say, after looking over everything, You don't have the assets, and you don't have the collateral. In other words, I don't have any ground upon which to give you this loan. Come on, with me out here. Some of y'all been through it. Amen. Amen. So the son, he sits there, and he thinks a little bit. He thinks a bit. He thinks a while, and he said, okay, all right. He said, well, would it help any to tell you that that Bill Gates is my daddy? What do you think that banker's going to do? His face is going to light up. And he say, of course, you should have told me that in the first place. He'll get those papers ready. Come on, say amen. And the deal will be done. Are you with me out here? But the question is, what was the difference? Come on. Both of them had the same name. But one, you could measure the power. One, you could measure the integrity. One, you could measure the, the authority of. But with the son... There was no measurement other than his last name. 
His name didn't have any strength because why? He had no assets to measure it against. Come on, they follow me out here. It didn't have any power. So you have people here in this community. Come on. That are family members. Amen. Were well known and established family names. They own plenty of land. Come on, say amen, somebody. But you got members of that family just have the last name. They're relatives, but all they have is the what? Last name. Just because they have a last name doesn't mean anything unless they have control of the assets. Come on. Of that what? Of that name. If they don't have control, they're not the CEO, they're not the owner, they're treated like everybody else. But if your name says you're the owner, if your name says you're the CEO, you're treated differently. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. See, the name has to have what? Strength to it. Someone say strength to it. What am I doing? I'm measuring the power in the man's name. When somebody, listen, when somebody has authority to use his name, how far can it go, folks? Amen? It can get very serious. I tell you, David, it get very serious quickly. Many banks and financial institutions would just open their doors when that name is mentioned. Especially when they verify that it, that, it's, that it is your name and you actually relate it and have authority to use that name. Amen? Anybody heard a name, a, a, name, a, a man named Mr. Rothschild or the Rothschild's family? Many years ago, Mr. Rothschild said, I care not what government is in charge as long as I control the currency. Let me say it again. He said, I care not what government is in charge as long as I control the currency. The Rothschild's family controlled more than $2 trillion worth of assets. Are you with me out here? So the name of Rothschild had more power back in those days than the prime minister of England. And leaders of most governments all over the world. Come on, are you with me out here? Why? Because of that what? Because of that what? Name, because what? You can measure their what? Assets. You can measure the power behind the name. Go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. See, there has to be a measurement to the what? To the what? Name. Go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by his what? By his what? By his son, whom he had what? Appointed, listen to this now, appointed heir of all things. We're talking about physical things. We're talking about spiritual things. We're talking about intellectual things. He is heir of how many things? How many things? All things by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3, who been in the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the what? Word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high, being made, made so much better than the angels, and as, and as he has by what? Inheritance. Obtained what? Obtained what? 
a more excellent what? Name than they. Ponto with an angel said he at any time, that art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be unto him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he bring up in the first begotten in the world, he saith, let all the angels of God what? Worship him. Listen, Jesus inherited the name above every name. He inherited it, folks. We'll turn over to Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Now remember, it says, we just read, he's heir of how many things? How many things? All things. But listen to this. We are joint heirs with him. Okay, let's draw this side over here. We are joint heirs with him. Come on, he's the heir of all things, but the Bible tells me that we are joint heirs with him. Why? We inherited his name. Because we inherited his name, guess what? We are joint heirs with him. See, in the old covenant, God's people were his servants. But in the new covenant, the second covenant, guess what? God's people are his family. Come on, say I'm his family. Well, keep a marker in Philippians 2, 5, but go to Ephesians 3, 14 quickly. We read this last week. It says, for this cause, I what? I what? Bow my knees unto who? The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15 is key. Of whom the Father, not Jesus, of whom the whole family... Come on, say, turn your neighbor and say, hello, family. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is what? Is what? Listen, we inherited that name, folks. We inherited the name. We are joint heirs. Therefore, we inherit all things. Come on, you got to wrap your mind around this. Come on. We inherit all things. Tell your neighbor, you inherit all things. See, Jesus inherited from who? From God. See, the power in his name can only be measured by who? By the power of God. Just think about it. A city, a state, or a nation. That's the only way you can, you can measure it by a name. For example, you have six cities in the United States with the same name Detroit. Six cities. You have Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. You got Detroit, Illinois. You got Detroit, Oregon. You got Detroit, Texas. You got Detroit, Alabama. And then you had Detroit, Michigan. Come on, are you with me out here? But when you say Detroit, <laughs> the only Detroit that comes to your mind is what? Detroit, Michigan. Because why? Because of its size. Because it's considered the motor capital of the what? Of the world and because of its assets. Used to be anyway. <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming back. Amen. Amen. Come on. Its police department is much bigger than the other Detroits. The fire department is much bigger than the other Detroits. Come on, say amen, somebody. Well, what am I doing? I'm measuring the power. I'm measuring what? The power. See, one is gigantic and the other aren't big or others aren't big at all. Come on, are you getting this right now? And see, Papa Hagen stated. Kenneth Hagin, he said, most people treat the name of Jesus like it's some sort of good luck charge. Let me say it again. Most people 
treat the name of Jesus like it's some sort of good luck. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You stomp your feet. Jesus, come on. Stub your toe. Jesus. Okay, I'm preaching good whether you want to or not. But go back to Philippians 2.5. They treat it like a good luck charm because they don't realize the power that's in that name. They have no reverence for the name. Oh, come on, amen. amen. Philippians 2.5. Notice what he says here. He says, let this mind beware. Beware in you. Notice he says, you have to let it. You have to what? You have to let it. Listen, you have to think on this way. You got to think this way on purpose. Because why? It's not going to come on you if you don't. You got to think this way where? On purpose. Especially if you're religious. Look at says, Let this mind beware. Beware. Come on, you got to let it. Tell your neighbor you got to let it. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Didn't I just say we're joint heirs with him? If we're joint heirs with him, we need to be thinking that way. See, it doesn't take any way from Jesus. It doesn't take any way from God for the likes of you and me to lay claim to the equal place in him. Equal place where? In him. Joint heirs where? In him. We have been made one with him, and we've been named after the Father. Ain't that what we just read? We've been named where? After the Father. This is where our meditation should be. And when you begin to meditate that, I'm not talking about thinking about it every now and then. I'm talking about true meditation. Somebody say true meditation. I'm talking about taking the time on purpose. Set aside some time. Even fast a couple of days and just meditate. Get in there and get in this. Who am I since I had that name? Who am I since I had that name? What am I? I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ and he's equal to God. Meditate. I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and he's equal to God. Does that make me equal to God? What am I going to do? I'm, I'm meditating. Come on, say amen, somebody. Think about that. That makes me equal to God in spiritual authority and authority over sickness and authority over disease, and authority over the curse. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, that curse is spiritual death. See, you have authority over spiritual death. Come on, that's the way you get born again. And you can lead other people to the same experience. And sin should not be dominating you. Oh, let me say it again. Sin should not be dominating you. At all. Somebody say at all. Why? It's spiritual death. Sickness. Poverty. It's a threefold cord. Three what? A threefold cord. We've been redeemed from that what? We've been redeemed from that what? 
curse. And see, the curse is threefold. Tell your neighbors threefold. It's spiritual death. See, Adam died spiritually. His body didn't die until 930 years later. Matter of fact, Satan had to teach him how to die. He didn't know how to die. Are you with me out here? But he died what? Spiritually. Then you have what? Sickness. Then you have poverty. And see, poverty, if you read in Deuteronomy, poverty is also con is connected to debt, which is part of the curse. Hallelujah. But the blessing, on the other hand, the blessing is also threefold. Redemption from spiritual death, being born again. Healing and deliverance from sickness and financial prosperity. That's threefold. Tell David, that's threefold. Why? Jesus is my Savior. He's my healer. But he's also my Melchizedek. Threefold. Matter of fact, go to Hebrews 7, 8. He's my Melchizedek. Hebrews 7, 8. Chapter 7, verse 8. It tells us here. And here men die, receive tithes. But there he receiveth them of whom it is written that he what? Liveth. Who's he talking about? Jesus. He's alive. He's a what? He's alive. Now, people say, well, I don't believe tithing is for us today. I don't believe it's in the New Testament. That's an Old Testament idea. Well, the book of Hebrews is in the New Testament. Jesus is in the New Testament. <laughs> I hope so. Come on, say amen, somebody. But look at verse 21, talking about Jesus. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear, and when that repent, thou art a priest, talking about Jesus, forever after the what? Order of who? Melchizedek. It was Melchizedek who blessed Abraham. See, Jesus' job is to bless the tither. Come on, are you with me out here? Now go back to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Once again, let's go back there. He says what? Let this mind be in you, which was also where? In Christ Jesus. You're going to have to allow yourself. To think this way. Let me say it again. You're going to have to allow yourself to think this way. You have to learn how to get rid of your religious brainwashing. I know it's going to be hard for some of y'all. But you got to learn. Tell your neighbor you got to learn. And begin to think. He's my Lord. I have the mind of Christ. I belong to him and he belongs to me. Oh, come on are you with me out here. Look at verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not what? Robbery to be equal with God, verse 7, but made himself of no reputation. I took upon him the form of a servant and was made into what? Likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the what? cross. Wherefore God also what? Has highly exalted him 
and given him the name which is his name, which is above where? Every name. Somebody say every name. See, the name was already exalted, folks. He raised Jesus out of the pit of hell. Jesus was the first man to ever be born again. Are you with me out here? He raised him out of hell, then highly exalted him and gave him his highly exalted name, which is above, which is above every name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should what? Bow. Of things or being and names in heaven and things or beings and names in earth or things and beings and names under the earth. And that every tongue confess that what? Jesus Christ is what? Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, you need to be really meditating on that. Now just giving it a glance every now and then, that's not going to do it. It's something you got to meditate on. Amen? Some, most people are doing this. I just pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I receive it in the name. That's not going to do it, folks. That's not going to do it. That's that lucky charm you keep throwing out there. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Let's go back to Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I just pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I just receive it in that name. That ain't going to do it. Tell your neighbor, that ain't going to do it. Let's go back to Acts chapter 3, verse 1. We went back over this last week. Acts 3, 1. That says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the what? Ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. To ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. Then it says he gave what? Heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said what? Silver and gold have I none. But notice this now. Don't read it so fast. But such as I have. Give I what? Give I thee. He said such as I have. Listen, he had it. Let me say it again. He had it. Listen, he understood that name belonged to him. And he had the right to do what he did. Come on, say amen, somebody. He had the God-given right to that name. He understood, I have it. Such as I what? Have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do what? Rise up and walk, because why? I have it. He commanded him to get up. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And it says immediately his feet and ankles bones, what? Receive strength. Now look at verse 16 of Acts chapter 3. It says in verse 16, Acts chapter 3, and his name through what? Faith in his name. His what? Name through what? Faith in his what? Faith in his what? Come on, say it again. In his name through what? Faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by what? 
Hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. Tell your neighbor it doesn't come any other way. Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And you don't get faith for it in the name by studying something else. You got to spend time in this. Take these scriptures that I'm going over and spend time meditating on what happened. He said faith in his name has made this man strong. What made this man strong? Faith in the what? Name whom you see and know. Yeah, faith which is by him has given him what? This perfect soundness in the presence of you all. What did it? It was the what? It was the name. Faith in the what? Name. Go to Acts 4.29. Faith in his what? Faith in his what? Faith in his what? Name. Acts chapter 4 verse 29. Notice what he says here. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the what? By the what? By the what? Name of thy holy child Jesus. Signs and wonders were done by the what? By the name. Listen, we're talking about the power present in the what? The power present in the what? Name. Listen, the spirit of God is present in the name. It's not just a name, folks. The spirit of God is what? Present. In the, in the, turn over with me to Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Spirit of God himself is in that name. It's not just a name. It's not just a name. The spirit of God is in that. But I, like I said, this is something you got to meditate on. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. For in him dwelleth what? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are what? You are what? Say I'm complete in him. Which is the head of all principality and power. And whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. And putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in where? Baptism. Wherein also you are what? Risen with him. Through faith of the operation of God who has raised him what? Who has raised him from the dead and you being dead. You being what? Dead. That's spiritual death. They were breathing but he says here you were what? Dead. You being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he what? Quickened together with him having Forgiving you all your trespasses. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, doing what? Nailing it to the what? Cross. Let me read this from the Amplified Translation. Amplified Bible says, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note, bond, which its legal decrees, with its legal decrees and demands, which was enforced and stood against us, hostile to us. This note with its regulation, decrees and demands, he set aside and cleared completely 
out of our way by nailing it to his cross. It's not there anymore, folks. It didn't say paid in full. He said it's just a blank. Somebody say it's a blank. Verse 15, it says, having spoiled the principalities and powers, he made a show of them what? Opening, doing what? Triumphing over them were in it. Listen, Jesus received the authority in his name by conquest. He fought and he won. He took it. Somebody say he took it. Go to Matthew 28, 18. He took it. And when he took it in Matthew 28, 18, look at what he says. Come on, say he took it. He took it by conquest, folks. Hallelujah. Matthew 20, 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, What? What? All power, what? Is given unto me where? In heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, what? Take my name. He said, Take my name. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son and the Holy Ghost. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They're all in the name. Come on, they're all in the what? Name. Listen, Jesus had conquests. Over Satan in hell itself. I'm going to say it again. Jesus had conquest over Satan in hell itself. Look at 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. All power is given unto me. All power is given unto me. In heaven and in earth. He won it by what? Conquest. That's how he received authority in that name. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. What? Godliness. What is godliness? See, godliness is godlike. Ungodliness is unlike God. Come on, say amen, somebody. So he said, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, talking about Jesus, was manifest what? In the flesh, justified where? In the spirit. Listen, he was, listen, he was born again in hell. Let me say it again. He was born again in hell. When, when was he manifested in the flesh? In Bethlehem. But he was born again in hell. Listen, it wasn't over when he died on the cross, folks. That was just the beginning. He went to hell and suffered there beyond any human being before him and any human being after him. He suffered it all. No man has ever suffered at all but one. Somebody say but one. He was the only man that God ever made sick. He was the only man that God ever made poor. He was the only man and he was the last one. That's why he's called the last Adam. He passed all the tests. He paid all the price and he came out of it alive and he's your Lord. And guess what? You're named after him. So I say I'm named after him. Matter of fact, you need to read Psalms 22. Psalms 22. Psalms 22. Look at Psalm 22, verse 1. 
We're almost done. Psalm 22, verse 1. Look what he says here. He says, my God, my God, why have you what? Forsaken me. Now I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. Why are you so far from helping me in my, and from my words and my groaning? Then he, in Psalms 22, what happened? He latched onto this psalm. And it was this psalm that took him all the way through that hell experience. Let me say it again. So he started with, my God, my God, why has it forsaken me? And then you find it began, it, 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 it ended with what? Verse 31. Verse 31, it ended with what? It is finished. He started with what? My God, my God, why have thou what? Forsaken me. What did it end with? It is finished. Because why? That's what the psalm began and ended with. Of course, every word of it is true, but you have to understand his motive in crying that out. It wasn't just because he was so sad because he had been forsaken, folks. No, he was filling his mouth with the word of God because why? That's the only way he could get through this because why? Because all of hell was piled on him. He was speaking the word of God when he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Are y'all with me out there? He found himself where? In the scripture. Are you with me? Matter of fact, look at verse 12. See, all of hell was piled on him, folks. The only way he get through this is by what? Latching on to the word that he knew. Matter of fact, Amplified Bible says, verse 12, many flows like bulls have what? Surrounded me. Strong bulls of Basham have what? Hedged me in. Verse 14, he says, I'm poured out like water. All my bones are, are, my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is softened with anguish and matter down within me. Verse 16 says, and like a pack of dogs. They what? They have come and compassed me, and a company of evildoers has what? And suckled me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Demons were all on him. He said, it was so bad, I can count all my bones. I felt every bone. The evildoers just gazed at me. All of them piled on him. All sickness, all disease, all poverty. And they're torching him. And they're torching him. And they think they have him. And they had intentions of annihilating him. They had intentions of wiping him out. But something happened. But something happened. What happened? The Holy Ghost happened. Come on. There he is. This emaciated. He doesn't even look like a human, the Bible says. And see, that began on him even before he came down off the cross, folks, he went into hell. This emaciated, twisted, don't even look human. You couldn't even tell that he was a human being. That's how badly marred he was. And here he is in the pit of hell, bowing down. Oh, come on, can you got a picture? Bowing down to that mess. And all those demons, every demon in hell, every demon on earth, they came down. Come on, say amen, somebody. And they're piled on him. They're all piled on him. And then all of a sudden, God says, it's enough. 
that's enough. Come on, we, we just read about it in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5. We read about it. It says, unto which of the angels said he at any time thou art my son? This day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be him unto him my father, and he shall be unto me a son. And again, when he bring him in the firstborn into the first begotten into the world, he said, and let all the angels of God do what? Worship him. When he said that, that little emaciated spirit got born again in the likeness of his father. He got born again in hell, folks. And when he got born again in hell, guess what? Demons begin to bounce off the wall. And then he took a hold of Satan and he bowed him before. He said, he bowed before me in the name of Jesus. And what did he do? The Bible said he took the keys from him. Come on, he took the keys. Revelation 1.18. You don't believe me. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. It says, I am he that liveth. And was dead. And behold, I am what? Alive for what? Forevermore. Amen. He says, and I have the what? I have the what? I have the what? Keys of what? Hell and of death. Jesus, Jesus said, give me those keys. I own all of this. My name. My name. My name. Somebody say my name. Now you know. What Satan hears when you have faith in the name. But the key is, he has to hear that you have faith in the name. He remembers this event distinctly, folks. But if you're not presenting it like you have it, there's really no pressure on him. But when it gets real to you, it'll get real to him. The problem is, it's not real to the body of Christ yet because they're using it as a token. Lift your hands and give God praise. When it becomes real to you, when you stop, just stop throwing the name out there. When you stop saying, oh, my God, my God, my God, this, my God, this, my God, this, my God, this. Oh, Jesus, this, Jesus, this. And have no meaning behind it. Because you haven't learned to reverence that name. Not realizing when I say that name, God's in that name. When I say that name, Jesus is in that name. When I say that name, the Holy Ghost is in that name. When I say that name, all power is in that name. So when I pull out that name, I'm pulling out that name because I'm going to get some results. Not to use it as a slogan. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. But I got to have faith in the name. Faith in the name. Faith in the name. In order to get faith in the name, faith comes by and hearing by the, I got to build my faith in the name, folks. This is something you got to meditate on. Meditate on. I'm his son. I'm called by his name. I'm in the family of God. 
I'm, in, I'm joined heirs with Christ. I'm equal with him. He's given me his name. He's given me his authority. Unama. Come on, say amen, somebody. So when I speak it, when I go into the hospital, and I'm going in that name, I expect that name to do something. Because when I say the name, I expect the presence of God to be in the name. I expect the power of God to be in that name when I say it. So I got to take this name serious. Because I measure it by the power. And the power is in God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and begin to give God praise. Hallelujah. It's power in the name, folks. You better understand this power in the name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When you're driving in your car saying, I'm in that name. And if you think about it, if you think about it, I'm in the name. So what happens? I'm clothing myself in this name. I'm clothing myself in his presence when I say the name. I'm clothing myself in his power when I say his name. I'm clothing myself in the Holy Ghost and the Father and the Son when I say his name. I'm in the name. I'm in his power. I'm in his authority. I'm in him. I'm placing myself in him. In him. When I say in the name, I'm stepping in. When I say in the name, I'm stepping in. I'm stepping in. I'm stepping into his presence. Hallelujah. I'm stepping into his glory. I'm stepping into his power. Hallelujah. 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 Because I'm in the name. I'm in his tower. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, I'm trying to get you to picture this, folks. I'm trying to get you to see in the name, in the tower. It said a strong tower. The righteous run into, I'm the righteous. And as long as I'm in that name, the devil has had nothing in my life. He cannot touch me. I can put my finances in the name and he can't touch my finances. I can put my family in the name and he can't touch my family. Because I place them in the name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise like you believe that you receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him glory. Come on, give him honor. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. 